Welcome to the Scale Model Podcast. In this podcast, we aim to entertain, inform, and promote the hobby of scale model kit building with interviews, reviews, and news about the hobby. The podcast is available bi-weekly where your favorite podcasts are found, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also get it from our website at scalemodelpodcast.com, where you can find show notes, photo gallery, and so much more. You can also subscribe to get notifications on all our updates, new episodes, and video content. Please support the Scale Model Podcast on Patreon. Patreon supporters enjoy early access to content and exclusive contests. Your Patreon support helps us to offset hosting and other costs to bring the podcast to you. Welcome to episode 99 of the Scale Model Podcast, sponsored by Cult TV Man, Sean's Custom Model Tools, and Return to Kitform. I'm one of your hosts, Stuart Clark, and I'm also joined by Mr. Jeff Haland, who's trying to distract me as I do take three of this. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm really enjoying your challenges. It's fun. I know. It's a fun being a challenge. And of course, from just west of Chicagoland, just a couple of miles as the crow flies from Lake Michigan, your friend and mine, Terry Measley. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, good evening. So we just finished an awesome interview, which we're going to talk about uh, a little bit later on. Learned a lot of a lot of cool new things, so we're going to talk about that. Episode ninety nine, gentlemen. That means the next one's one hundred. I know we're going to have to get we're going to try ninety nine. Yeah, we're going to try and get Anthony on for episode one hundred. Maybe a few other special guests. You know, we'll see what happens. Hard to hard hard to believe. Uh, I've been involved in this game for that long, and you guys have been along for uh, quite a large bit of it, too. So Not I do appreciate it. No, no, I know. no. But still, it's good for comedy routine, right? Yeah. You know. Okay, so latest, we're just going to get right into it. Latest news. Starting off on a sad point, um, Heritage Con and Musaru Cup head judge Ian Fraser uh, sadly lost his wife Janice to uh, cancer this week. Um, of course, our thoughts go out to him and the family. Um, yeah, quite sad. Ian's a really good guy. We really appreciate all the stuff he's done for the years. Uh, so our, again, our thoughts go out to him and his family in this difficult time. Um, also, also speaking of Musaru cup, uh, the IPMS nationals, uh, Duncan from IPMS Hamilton was down there and for the U S based and the Aussies who were there, the, he presented the official Musaru subject. And the first thing he pointed out was that no, the uh, plastic uh, model mojo, the uh, those guys did not, Dave from that, Mr. Dave Knights, did not pay them off. Uh, you'll understand why if you listen to their podcast when you hear the subject. So Jeff is our victim, I mean volunteer this year. Jeff, what did they, uh, what are they asking you to build? They are asking me to build this. It's a beautiful little kit by, from Arma Hobbies. It's the P51B slash C Mustang, early Mustang, and it has six different marking options. It's a complete out-of-the-box build. In other words, you can't do anything to it. You've got to paint it one of these six uh, profiles, use mm -hmm. the decal set. You can't add any resin. You can't add any 3D decals. Nothing. It's just, I really think this is a good contest because really it's one kit, same kit. Everybody mm -hmm. has it. And it really comes down to skills. And yep. so, so uh, on behalf of uh, the Scale Model Podcast, I just want to admit right out of the gate that we are not going to win this because my skills suck. Oh, come on. You'll be fine. Hey, it's the expert set. It's got photo etch, too. 
and it's got so photo. It's really it's a beautiful kit. I, yeah. I mean, I've got flipped through it quickly. I haven't. Had, I just literally just got it today in the mail, uh-huh. and uh, it's a beautiful kit though. And I I read a good uh, a good review by Paul Boyer uh, at Fine Scale Modeler um, not too long ago. He he reviewed this and he had praises for it, saying it's maybe the best kit of P fifty one in almost any scale. But, but this is one seventy two. It's tiny, but yeah. it's a little jack. It's a it's little, little gem of a kit, yeah. I've got the Hurricane I picked up at the swap meet. And, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to when they produce a 148th scale Hurricane because I think that's going to just take over the role for that. So, yeah, so we have until next year's Heritage Con. So you well, have actually like have until March, March 11th of next year. So okay, just before Heritage Con, yeah. 11.50 so p.m. March 11th. Okay, so I, oh. I so what you're gonna do is you're gonna send me the photo, scan the uh, scan the nice letter you got because that's always good for a couple laps with all well, the I details. Both, both of you a shot, which includes the letter. So okay. if you just zoom in on it, you'll see. I'll it. zoom so in on that. So that'll be good. All right. Well, you know, and and we look forward to bringing the Musaru Cup back home. <laughs> yeah, someday, not this year. Oh, I don't know about <laughs> I don't that. Know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't you know, know. I'm looking Have forward faith. to it. Have faith, and, uh, my friend. Gary's volunteered to give me a give me a, a, a seminar on pastels. So that's there you go. Uh, See, once you have that, you'll be fine. You know, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Okay, other news. Uh, gold medal models. Uh, they produce a huge line, very historic and long running uh, manufacturer, particularly of naval photo etch. Um, I've got some for this one three fifty of Fletcher. Little tiny tiny things in 28 parts that you fold and stuff like that, that naval modelers really like. Uh, the owners decided to retire and he's actually sold it to squatter and hobbies. Um, very, very popular range. So I got an email about that. Uh, so good for them. Happy retirement. Uh, yeah, they do a lot of, uh, a lot of the aftermarket stuff for ships and actually for model railroad stuff, but yeah, absolutely huge amount of photo etch. If you want to, uh, dress up your ship. They even have stuff for like one seven hundredth and below. I don't know how, you know, you need a magnifying glass or a microscope, but you know, to each their own. Okay. And then the other big news is nationals, IPMS nationals out of Omaha, Nebraska, just finished as of the time we're recording this record number of kits on the table. I heard something like 2000, something like that. I actually heard more than that. I heard 2,900, 2,900. So there we go. Included, that's including the collections. Yeah, just absolutely insane. Um, I know all the U.S.-based podcasters was were there, as well as uh, our good friends from Australia. They made the trip over, uh, Davian and Julian, and a good time was had by all. I have posted a or link to the official Facebook photo photo album. Um, you will notice amongst the models, there's quite a few pictures of beers. I'm just just going <laughs> to point that out. You um, see the picture of the IPMS Canada contingent that uh, yes. Terry posted. Yeah, well, that's today? yeah. I'm going to post a separate one of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We had uh, our representative from IPMS Canada and the executive down there with a large table of many, many beers. Now the excuse was given that the drink tickets time was about to run out, so they had to stock up. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the excuse. That's the excuse <laughs> we've heard. But no, no. A good time was apparently had by all. Much money was spent in the vendor room. And just, again, looking at these uh, builds, again, just just stunning. Absolutely yeah, stunning uh, stuff. Was there um, any that stood out to you? There was there one for me. so many, but go ahead, tell me what stood out for you. It was the winner of the Best in Show plane, the, the triple-decker 
German float plane. Did you see oh, that? Oh yes, scratch built too, if I recall. Yeah, scratch built it one scratch built it one best large scale. It won a whole bunch of things, but it was just a stunning build. Just yep. stunning. That should give you inspiration for your Felix though. Oh, shut up. Actually, I started getting, <laughs> I just joined the Felix, uh, the, the Felix Stowe model builders group. Excellent. On Excellent. Uh, and uh, I'm astounded at the quality of the work by these guys. It's just, mm -hmm. uh, it's terrifying. It's good. You know, well, you know, you, you can always warm up once you get a, once you get a border models Lancaster. No, that's not happening. But one guy in our club did get one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He won, won it, it as, as a prize. Won it as a prize. Yep, wow. large scale planes. Large scale planes. Yeah, that's astounding. Anyway, he's excited. Yeah, Terry, was there anything that stood out for you? I've I've just been seeing so many pictures from friends I know. out there. All of my wonder Wonderfest buddies went out and did very well for themselves. Good, um, good. Everything from dinosaurs to spaceships to yeah figures, really. I do notice at the variety at the variety yeah. of, yeah. of material. It was really good. I do notice there is an Aries Aries one B. I noticed that too. Someone had built. Yeah. So next you know year, I, now, I, go ahead, go ahead, Jeff. I was, I was surprised there weren't too many GT forties. I figured yeah. there'd be a ton of those. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Never mind. Yeah. But no, just some amazing quality. So next year. It's in San Marco, Texas, San Marco, somewhere in Texas. I'm going to slaughter the name. Uh, they were supposed to have it in 2020. And of course, COVID put an end to that. So they gave them back. And then uh, excellent news, possibly for all of us in 2024, it's going to be at Madison, Wisconsin. So that's, that's only our. Yeah. How far is that from you, Terry? Oh, it's two-ish, two hours. I count on two hours. There you go. Well, that might be a yeah. good possibility for me well, to cross the border. I know someone who's been trying to get make that happen as a big sponsor for them. So I will. Oh, good. Talk to him, and if that's the case, then maybe we'll get him on. He's a hell Excellent. of a guest. Excellent. We'll definitely have to have him on. Yeah, that's probably about eight or nine hours. I think. Well, I uh, know what really caught my eye was that uh, GM semi trailer style. Um, camp not it's not a camper it's like a mobile home sort of thing right oh yeah that was a beauty i yeah, love that uh, it's the future liner i think mm. yeah the, the semi tri trailer version of it yeah it's just, it's just phenomenal <laughs> it's a beautiful that was a beautiful build and the cab i looked at the cab it looked like you'd be driving in big easy chairs or something it was fantastic. yes <laughs> yeah that was good also also, quite a few uh, this year of the Tamiya 1350th Enterprise aircraft carrier. I know you have that one as well in your stash, Jeff. There's I do. I noticed those. those as well. I noticed. Yeah. There's some beautiful ship models in that. Uh, oh, there is. Kit. And there was a, I forget the name of the character from Avatar, the, the female, Natiri or Katiri or something. Anyway, there's a beautiful bus painting job of her. I think she it won second, took second place in okay. the large scale figures, large scale bus. Yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous paint job. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely amazing work. So, yeah, so again, uh, so people are on their way home by now, and uh, apparently a good time was had by all. And from what I saw, much, much beer was drunk by our fellow podcasters. I'm just, you know. Hopefully. It's vacation time, so sure. Well, it is, exactly. Yeah. So, That's all right. It's, a, it's bonding. It's all about it's bonding. bonding. It is, getting drunk, it is. Getting drunk and being embarrassing is bonding. I know, but see, these days I have two beers, and I, I I don't embarrass myself. I just fall asleep. That just you know. makes you more economical to go out with. 
Yeah, exactly. I'm a, I'm, I'm a cheap date. What can I say? <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our good hobby announcements as always. Um, so Kinetic had two big announcements. They actually announced it at the show. Uh, the first one is for those people who were trying to find an excuse to build a new wing onto the house. Uh, the C-17 Globemaster from Kinetic, 172nd scale for this monster. <laughs> uh, that's the latest uh, U.S. transport plane. Yeah, it's it's going to be, yeah. It's very popular already. Bigger, that probably has a bigger wingspan than the Felix Stowe in 132nd. Oh, probably. Yeah, I should look yeah. at I don't know if they have stats yet on scalemates, but I should. Another one is, um, and we're starting to see a couple of these. We're finally seeing some new tool F-16s in 148th. So Kinetic's announcing uh, the F-16C, the Viper Block 25-42, due for release in October 2022. Um schemes for four different U.S. Air Force uh, aircraft. And, of course, they announced a little while ago, last month, they they have a new one of the NATO Vipers as mm -hmm. well. So, uh, yeah, it's been a long time uh, for a decent kit of the F-16. Uh, so I know a lot of uh, Viper fans are really looking and forward to this news. The other thing that Kinetic, to me, is really knocking out of the park is their box art. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. Their box art's fantastic. Just yeah. absolutely amazing. Absolutely. Yep. No, agree. I've, ne I've never built an F-16, but it is one of my all-time favorite, most beautiful shapes mm -hmm. of a plane. It's just so sensuous. Such a gorgeous aircraft. Well, I have a Hasegawa one, if you're ever interested in 148th. I may have to wait for this one. I know. I'm just <laughs> saying, you know, if you want something to practice on. I know. No, that'll be a nice kit. No, yeah. no doubt about it. Okay, moving over to Mung. Uh, they have a new uh, re-release of their Mung uh, RMS Titanic and one seven hundredth, but it includes the lighting kit. So uh, you know, so this is the lighting kit before it sinks. The lighting kit after mm. it sinks is not much light. So that's a lot easier you know. to do, though. That is a lot yeah, it is. I agree. I agree. I agree. But for those who want to do it before it hits the iceberg, uh, yeah, or after it hits the iceberg, but before. The power, it goes down. The yeah. power deck goes under. Yeah. And you know what? The pictures the pictures look look good. They show the lit model here. It's it's pretty attractive looking. Mm -hmm. I have to admit, for that scale. Um and yeah. you might fit it on a shelf somewhere. You might fit it on a shelf somewhere. And it's a light, it's an easy the light can be turned on or off easily by just flipping a switch. So they've made it very user friendly, nice looking base. And that's gonna be available at the end of August. Mm -hmm. All right. Moving on, I this, like this one because switch an iceberg. This switch, yeah, is that wouldn't that be wouldn't that be totally yeah. cool? Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sure someone will do that. I'm sure <laughs> someone will. Okay, Barracuda, uh, just in time for the Nats as well. Uh, this is for the scooter. Uh, this is for the uh, three new sets for the A4 and 32nd scale, including a conversion set to produce the A4K Kahu Skyhawk that was actually flown in like a lizard scheme by the New Zealand Air Force for quite a few years. Um, and then uh, also, so yeah, gorgeous looking. That's, you know, if I was to build a Skyhawk, I think I would do it in this scheme. I really like that New Zealand scheme. So this includes a full conversion set, new cockpit details, new throttle and stick, rudder pedals, etc. External include a new fin top, blade antennas, early and late para brake housing, cooling intakes, and a clear cast high intensity strobe lights designed for the trumpeter. A4 E or F, but can be modified to hit, fit the old Hasegawa. Uh, again, great looking 
3D printed and resin work there. And then next up we have, let's see what else. We've got some drop tanks for it. And yeah, 300, the big 300 gallon ones. Again. Yep. Yeah, yep. those are nice. And then for Mission Smith 109 uh, FG and K builders, the Aerolon mass balances in 148 scale. These are very tiny, tiny little things that uh, I think they go on the wing. I haven't yep. heard of these before now, uh, but they look very tiny. So I can imagine. Yeah, it's I can always, imagine. Yeah, it's always tough with the ones in kits. Either they're just kind of lumps of plastic or uh -huh. they snap off or you got to go photo watch and it's not an easy thing to do in photo watch they're too no. dimensional so yes. aileron uh, counterbalances are, are great very cool so it's 48th and 72nd scale they've also got uh hawker hurricane four slot main wheels uh coming out and wheel hubs yeah so that looks good so yeah that's from our friends at uh barracuda with all with all their toys all right, uh, special hobby items. A couple of interesting things here. Because uh, I know some people, I know there's a couple here that some people might be interested in. So this is for August, September. Uh, the L4 Grasshopper, 148 scale. Nice. Official observation plane. I thought you might have that, Terry. Uh, yeah, that's pretty nice. Ni nice looking. I actually like that one too. I always like yeah. the Piper J3, and that's basically yeah. what this is. A couple of nice schemes. A bunch of different schemes here. Yeah, so, green. and they say this is the first <laughs> of many of several boxings. So, yeah. Oh, cool. So these are the ones from Operation Torch. Is the Regime Two Thousand a new one, or is that a re-release? That might, I that might be a new. I'm not sure. Um, what else do we got here first? We got the Cobra, yeah. uh, joined by uh, so it's basically what they call a high-tech kit. So they've added a lot of uh, resin updates and stuff like that. So for those of you building that, and yeah, then we have the. Yeah, this I think this is new. There's Johnny RE2000. There's Jean. Yeah, I'm going to look that up. I yeah, look that up. Curiosity. Yeah, it was mostly, uh, it was not chosen for military use and mostly released for export. That's interesting. I'm not one up on the Italian fighters. So, yeah, you're more than I am. Uh, of course, such, not... such fun paint schemes. That's well, yeah, so I was saying the three yes. color schemes are just gorgeous. Yeah. A good painting challenge. Um, and then last but not least, the Night Attack Stuka, the Junkers 87D5ND8, 172nd scale. Again, with styrene resin and photo etch conversion parts. Looks so like good very, kits. Yeah, very nice. We'll let Terry keep looking for a minute. Some nice glass. That one, that, nice that, one is a, that one is a kit that cries out for an included canopy masking set. Well, yeah. Oh, are you sure? I know someone will make one. I'm sure. I'm sure if it hasn't but... been already played. I know. I agreed. I agreed. It's it looks a greenhouse. Like it's a new kit from them. Yeah. No, it's new parts. Let's have a look. I, I honestly don't remember. If... Let's see here. It was their kit from 2020, so it is. It is a newer kit. Newer kit. Yeah. So that's good. Not yeah. Old. yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 actually quite nice indeed. Yeah. All right. Want to do AK I, at some point? Did I miss it? I missed AK. Sure, we'll do AK, Jeff. Why not? Just there because you, you asked nicely. Okay, yeah. AK. They always have tons of cool new stuff. Uh, July's color materials, books, and brushes. Uh, so they've got the Imperial Guard of Napoleon book, Armies of History. 
29 euros, 172 pages, detailed overview of the history organization uniforms of Napoleon's Imperial Guard. And then you get a color set, 18 colors to go with it. For How suspicious. How, well, what that's, a coincidence. That's just for the pants. I know you know what the guys that built this Napoleonic era stuff and the folks that paint those just amazing amazing stuff yeah Yeah, these these guys uh, would scoff at uh, military camouflage these days yeah camouflage is for the week well (laughs) and and again this is an historical set personally selected by a a, uh, most renowned military historian Gabriel S. Benito um, so yeah, down. he's a, he he knows his stuff apparently. So eighteen acrylic colors in their range. These these paints are just great to both brush paint and airbrush. I've been using. I've been starting to play play around with them, and I'm very impressed. Okay, next up we have masking tape. Uh, so like Tamiya tape, I guess, um, in A4 size, two of them, larger shape masks, or cut your own mask using a cutting machine. So it's like yeah, a large this, sheet of. I I would get Tamiya tape in sheets from yeah. japan so this yeah. is good because the same idea from japan is expensive yeah. um, mm-hmm. and it does work really well in a cutter yeah in a plotter cutter all right and then we have their ultra matte varnish on the 100 mil uh the first brand to bring out an ultra matte varnish and it, they call it still the high highest quality available it can be applied by brush or airbrush to achieve a perfect matte finish I may have to try that too. I've been playing around with some of the other different gloss ones. Complete driving, drying in 12 hours. Okay, and then we got a lot of foliage for their diorama series. So we have an ivy foliage. Yeah, so you can do your diorama of Wrigley Field. Don't don't confuse it with your microgreens and your salads, I'm just saying. (laughs) Uh, Size makes them usable. 35th, 32nd, but you can use them up to 48th. Chestnut foliage, late fall. So you can do Wrigley Field in the autumn. Yeah. <laughs> spring filigree. You're on fire spring. tonight, Terry. You're on fire. <laughs> I know he is. Well, I'm I'm just glad he didn't mention Fenway Park, or we can talk about the Jays dominating <laughs> Boston earlier in the week. Twenty-eight. Um, I love that number. Never there mind. was a great there was a great cartoon with a with a guy in a uh, Blue Jay shirt talking to a kid in the leaf sh- shirt. You know, basically, see, that's how you dominate Boston. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Uh, Spring filigree bushes, ideal for spring scenes. So like spring training. Yeah. These are so nice. You know, a lot of a lot of people will say you can make your own, but sometimes, you know, if you just want to do it and it's not your thing. Yeah. And they they still will need work. Otherwise, they look too uniform. So. Oh, and not just fall, but early fall filigree bushes. And of course, yeah, late fall. They're going to come out with the October fifteenth filigree bushes. Yeah. October eighth. Is that is that European or English mud? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, lots of new well, stuff coming from our great. friends. These, these actually, I really, I, yep. I do like this. I know one of our local game stores carries their products. And oh they're yeah, quite, they're quite good. Yeah. Okay, they, they next. Would make it easier. They would definitely yeah. make it easier. So, yeah. Exactly. Okay, uh, I found this on the rumor monger site, but Arma models. This is the Russian Arma models, not the Polish or, or other one. Uh, they're going to come out with both one seventy second and one to one forty fourth. Northrop Grumman's newest uh, bomber project. Uh, this is the 
B21 Raider. So this is a project North Northrop's been looking looking at, um, and they're building. It looks like a B2, but it's actually significantly smaller than a B2, um, with a lot of new stealth features in that. So they're going to release this in December 2022. Um, I believe like the B2 is 150 foot wingspan. This is much less. Mm -hmm. It's a smaller beast. Um, again, newer technology behind it. Um, still a two seater. You know, all the normal rotary rotary things to reach out and touch someone. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I just thought that was interesting for uh, Bomber folks. Okay, does anyone else have any new releases else, new release announcements before we go to Scalemates? New. Going, <laughs> going, gone. Okay, new releases, mainly kits. Exciting things here. Lots of exciting things. Spectre-inspired Defender. Looks like you can modify your Land Rover Defender and use it from, like, you know, the latest James Bond movie, all the different Defender types. Um, so that was that. That is from a company called C1 Models in 124th. You went right past the tram. I know. Well, I was, I was, I was waiting for someone to jump on that. So, okay. What's wrong with you? All right. Let's talk about the tram. It was, it's been delayed too. a year. It's been delayed a year. The Tramwell oh. GPM 125th Tram. They're usually so punctual. Yeah, normally. So th this is a paper card model of a Polish tram. Yep. A paper card? It's paper, it's paper model. model. Yep. yep, paper model. These guys yep. do paper. Wow. Yep. So that'll be so, That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's its own skill set. <laughs> well, I, like, I still haven't finished my Zeppelin, so I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. It is definitely your own a new skill set. All right. And then uh, Trumpeter is going to come out with a uh, German Leopard 2A4 battle tank in 172nd. And Imaginary or Bandai Spirits, they're going to come out with a Triceratops in 132nd. You got to get that for the grandkids. Triceratops skeleton. Yeah, yeah it's a skeleton. You totally got to get it for the grandkids. Yeah, you get it for the grandkids, scare them to death. They'll never go to sleep. That's not my idea of a good weekend. <sighs> Dude, dude, it'll be fine. They've been to the museum. <laughs> okay, the Zurong, well, Zurong Mars rover. Well, I know that's what I was saying. That's right up your wheelhouse. That 118th. is eighteenth. That looks nice. That looks nice. I like that. And then, of course, we have we wouldn't we would be remiss if we didn't notice Ashima. Look at all the minions, including one named after me. Four ah, different minions. Here. Well, there you, you have go. Otto, you have Stuart, own... Kevin, and Bob. I can get my own minion. Get your own minion. They don't mention a scale there. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> they don't want to terrify you that, that, that these are actually know. smaller than the real minion. Yeah. How about the Westland Wap? Wap Wapati. Yeah. Wapati. One forty-eight. Yeah, and, and AMG has a Hawker Demon, so we're starting to see. Yeah, he's starting to see more and more biplanes. Yep. I like the between the war period. There's some interesting planes there. Yeah, Luke Graf. I keep saying I'm going to buy some stuff from Luke Graf, but I haven't yet. Camel off Helix B and 135th scale. That's always an interesting helicopter. Yep. And then, of course, we go back into the uh, various anti-tank weapons in use in uh, being currently being field tested in the Ukraine. <laughs> yes. The great success. Apparently working well. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. No, so that's some gorgeous. Yep. What is that artillery tractor? Pavesi P4 artillery tractor. Whoa. You beast. wouldn't want to fall onto those tires. 
Yeah, that would certainly spoil your day, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. The Time Traveler's Ark. Yep. From Front Fantastic Plastic. So that'll be a uh, from a movie tie-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't I don't know which movie it would be tied to. Uh, I'm the sure Time we'll find Travelers, out. maybe? Maybe it calls the Time <laughs> Travelers. Yeah. That would be my money. Yeah, um, yeah. Classic probably. rocket ships, number six in the series. So Yeah. 1964. Yeah, I bet you, I bet you if I Google the time traveler is 1964. Yep. It's not, it's not the, something that jumps out at me as a classic no. movie. No. Uh, starring Preston Foster, Philip Carey, Mary Anders, Steve Franklin, and John White. Yeah. Uh, oh, Dolores oh, Wells. Oh, Dolores Wells, Playboy's Miss June 1960, had a bit part. She's and apparently, yeah. <laughs> This movie inspired this TV series called The Time Tunnel. Oh, okay. okay. Now, yeah. That, yeah. now that's... As that's well as the right. 67 remake, Journey to the Center of Time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Didn't know that one either. There you go. Yeah, we'll have to uh, see if we can download that anywhere. Apparently, American International Pictures released the film as a double a double feature with another movie called, looks like out of Japan, Eteragon, The Undersea Warship. Those are the, so, those yeah. would be just terrible movies. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying it's there. So yeah, you asked. <laughs> I'm just going. I just, I just keep doing the doom scroll down this list, yeah. and I came to one on June 27th, the Barry of MBR seven. Wow, I like that. It's a seaplane. Oh yeah, yep. And then there's the Soryu one three fiftieth aircraft carrier just underneath it. That would be interesting too. Lots of anyway, lots of good stuff here. Yeah, lots of good stuff coming out from them. So, Yellow Fox security vehicle. Yep, see? All sorts of goodies. Ukraine Man. 5th Army armored vehicle, July 1st. <laughs> All right. So, the, we're going to talk. We're going to. tractor. <laughs> yep. All right. So, we're going to move on with our ad from our good friends at cult tv man and then we're going to go right into our interview we decided to do two special guests because we wanted to hear from them both before uh you know the show in one case and the book in the other case came out so we'll present that right after the ad so here we go let's take a break and talk a little bit about cult tv man at cult tvman.com and cult tv man shop Lots of great new things out uh, from Steve and the gang. Uh, First up is the latest issue, the new Fantasy Figure International magazine. It's a full-color magazine, 82-plus pages of great articles on figures and a few sci-fi kits, including Alien 3, Godzilla, and the Star Wars ATST. That's issue 17 you'll be able to order. Also coming up, a new vinyl kit from Star Races X+. Uh, Kong, King Kong actually, at Skull Island. He stands over 12 inches tall when assembled. Uh, this had limited production and there's very little in stock. 196 version, so if you're even interested in this kit at all, you might want to jump on that right away. Uh, you're going to be able to get that for $109 uh, from them. Also, uh, recently uh, from uh, the 
Gary Kerr from Project Designer Gary Kerr. This is the Polar Lights uh, interior of the Galileo Shuttle interior. Uh, they have some latest pictures up in 132nd scale, uh, which you can now pre-order. Um, you can get the both the uh, shuttle with the interior. Uh, you can get that for $69.99 US. Or if you just want the parts pack, uh, they're going to make that available too. So if you've already got the Galileo shuttle, uh, you can pre-order that for $31.99. So as I said, it all as always, lots of great deals at ColtTVManshop.com and tell them that the Scale Model Podcast sent you. Welcome to the Scale Model Podcast interview, and tonight we have not one, but two special guests, and uh, we're going to turn it over to our good friend Terry Measley to handle the intros as we talk about ship models. Right. We have uh, two guests with us tonight. Returning to the podcast is Bob Burek, who has his new book out, and we wanted to get him back on the show, so we've been trying to do this for a couple of weeks now. Yep. And and we have Joshua Fickman, who is um, going to tell us about a model contest coming up very soon so we had to get him on as well why don't we lead off with the model contest joshua sure, sure. how you doing yeah how you doing so my name is joshua fishman uh i belong to the philadelphia ship model society am amongst a couple of other clubs and i am organizing and pulling together with a partnership with my club in the battleship of new jersey and camden new jersey a model show we call it model con um, and really the effort around it is to do a model show for the guests of the battleship that come to visit that day and be on board to show our models, talk to people about the hobby, try to generate some interest uh, and provide some information around, you know, if they're interested to join a club, you know, to, you know, give them some information around, you know, getting them started if they were interested in building a ship model. That's great. We. I enjoy seeing model contests at museums, but there's not a lot of museums with 16 inch guns. Right. Yeah. Or, or, you know, you could fire the salute gun if you'd like to. Oh, nice. <laughs> that would wake yeah. the neighborhood up. Yeah. So is this actual contest or is it more just a, a display or is it a judged thing? No. Yeah. So, I mean, I think con is actually short for convention, right? So yeah. to me, it's, it's a model me. And really it was born out of, um, we, we do a joint, what we call is a joint clubs convention up in New London, Connecticut every year, where five of the other ship modeling clubs in the Mid-Atlantic region get together. And that is a judged event. There's, you know, tech talks and things like that. And there's uh, speakers. But, you know, my, you know, as I was driving home from it one day, I was thinking, boy, there's not a lot of foot traffic from sort of the, just the general public. Mm -hmm. And so, and not only that, I got to drive five hours to get to it. And I was thinking, boy, it'd be great to have a model show that was local for me. And so, of course, you know, if it's your idea, your project. Um, but the club was very supportive uh, to partner up with helping me, you know, whatever I sort of needed or, or just, you know, um, be there, you know, to help lend a hand as needed. And um the battleship actually fortuitously reached out to us and said they would like to have a display on board the ship for one day. And now it's turned sort of into an annual thing where we come on board, we bring models on board. Last year I had over a hundred models and um, I advertise on Facebook, any kind of ship modelers group page that I can find. 
And what really excites me is when I get people that aren't associated with clubs that come and bring models on board. And you get to see some really, um, you know, unique pieces of work that, you know, you may not have already, you know, seen otherwise. So the benefit is, is that if you, you know, come to visit the ship that day, you're, uh, you know, you, you get to have the luck of seeing a ship model show that day. And for the modelers that come on board, it's a completely free event. So for that, for, for I'm just gratified that they show up and help me with this and participate. But they get free access on board the ship for themselves and two or three guests. They get free lunch on board the ship and they can tour the ship. It's all self-guided tour. And uh, this year I'm pretty excited because we actually have a live band um, playing sea shanties. We actually found a band in New Jersey <laughs> that sings sea shanties. So I'm very, they dress up like pirates and I'm excited about that. And uh, we mostly set up on the fantail of the ship where they have a very tented, large tented area and they have large fans and things. But we also set up in the wardroom, which is the main officer's mess, which is pretty early on um, in the tour. And that's a more of an air conditioned area that, you know, some modelers prefer to be in the air conditioning, so we, we save that space for them. But the real action is on the fantail, and that's where the band is. And we actually also have a cash bar this year, too. So you can drink a beer and listen to some sea shanties and see some models. How wonderfully well, civilized. Now, now I'm regretting that it's uh, a weekend that I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, so just so, like to plug it, it's it's August 6th, so it's this Saturday. Yep. Uh, or not this Saturday. It's August 6th, the first Saturday of August. Um, that is our annual date, the, the first Saturday of August. So uh -huh. that's the timing that we did it last year and the year before. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's, um, it's really impressive to see these modelers come together. You know, it's, it's, it's a bit of a hustle to get all the models on board the ship, but, um, you know, everybody really pulls together and, and helps each other out. And, um, it's, it's a fun day because, you know, you get to talk with people that are, obviously kind of intrigued by ship models i know to some people it looks like we're magicians you know <laughs> just sort of the level of detail uh -huh. but um you know we have um some real authorities in the hobby that are joining us so i don't i don't know if you're familiar with this individual but chuck Pissarro comes every year he's the owner of siren ship model company oh, he he's yeah. a he's a kit producer um and people like i don't know if you've ever heard this gentleman but gene gerber from the hampton roads model show model club you know produces really excellent models at a very large scale including a 196 ss united states holy cow the ship the, the model is like eight nine feet long with over 200 figures on it all <laughs> kind of doing things including some interesting things if you, oh, if you look hard enough <laughs> and uh <laughs> but go, Jeff, you know, real authorities wallet. real authorities in the hobby though great so um let's let's let uh bob introduce himself here uh reintroduce himself as it were to our uh podcast here i've been following you on facebook get to see your activities out there and it's been a lot of uh fun seeing some of these things yeah, very different than the ship modelers. Uh, Bob does yeah. stuff with uh, the United States Army. So yeah, yeah. just take it away. Yeah. Mostly in the modeling uh, part of what oh, I do. Did we lose I, him? Well, Bob has looked the same for the last five minutes, so I think he's frozen. Bob, are you frozen? Oh, no. 
Like I can hear you I don't guys. Think okay. Any human being that could be this still for that length of time. He looked <laughs> very content. He did. Yeah, very, he did. very engaged. All right. Well, what do we? What? That's <laughs> all right. Wait, talking, and I've been well, watching Bob and thinking, watching his clock behind him, thinking, you know, oh, he's dear. horrible. That's all right. Be <laughs> okay. This is well, going to be an editing I'm gonna, exercise. I'm gonna reach again. out to him. I'm gonna you reach out. All right. Jo Joshua, I'm going to ask you. So as a ship modeler, because again, uh, we're just amazed. We were talking before we went on air. Uh, you know, I'm amazed at, you know, some of the work, as you were saying, the detail and, and stuff like that you guys do, um, especially with like photo etch and stuff like that. Um, with the emergence of 3D printing, and resin and 3D printing is that like a huge new new main thing? We're talk, you know, the biggest change in the in the genre for like the last ten years or so. Do you reckon? I don't know about. I mean, I don't know about the last ten years, but it's definitely in the last few years. Um, definitely seeing a lot more coming out in terms of people being able to go out and print out. I think what's exciting for me is is 3D figures. You know, you can mm -hmm. you can get you know certain his, historical figures of different, you know, British Navy, French Navy, U.S. Navy, and you know get prints of whatever scale you're kind of working in, and just having sort of that availability. Um, more on the sci-fi side, I've been really excited about some of the patterns that they have out there on Gambody.com. Where you can, they have a lot of sci-fi ship modeling where you can actually download all these files, and it's actually basically a kit to print your own, basically model of certain ships. So, for instance, yep. I'm currently working on a, a ship of the Nostromo, which mm -hmm. is the ship from Alien, mm -hmm. and it comes in about 50 or 60 parts that you have to print. And the challenge of it is, is how well can you print this stuff out? and then assemble it. And what's mm -hmm. neat about it is Gambody puts out some pretty hyper detailed, um, you know, plans out there for the, for, for your, for your printer. And um, what's neat about it is they keep, they come already pre-ported so that if you want to light the model, you know, that they leave holes in the, in the pattern so that you can route wiring through the model. Oh, that's cool. I think that's pretty neat. Very cool. Okay. We got Robert back. Hi, Robert. We can hear you now. So go ahead, Terry. We were we we turned it over and and then we thought you were just being very content and you've kind of frozen up there. <laughs> I was so impressed. I was so impressed, Bob, because honestly, the picture that it froze on, you looked like some kind of Zen master. You looked you were just yeah. Calm. It was awesome. Yeah. And I was looking at you and I was looking at the clock behind you, not moving, and I'm thinking, okay, we've lost Bob. <laughs> okay, Terry. Now we've oh, lost Terry. Now Terry's muted. Oh, no, I was muted. There you go. Well, that's good because I was talking over Jeff. <laughs> uh, we're, gonna, we're going to come in from the sea now and talk to Bob Burek about some of his uh, recent activities with, uh, with the Army. And uh, I, I've followed him on Facebook, and it's been really interesting seeing all the stuff that's going on uh, for your new book and, and beyond that probably for the next several Yeah, right? Yeah, so, so – uh, Let's go. The, the book is actually a little digression of what I normally cover and model, and that's uh, the books about uh, U.S. helicopters. And as you might recall, the last book we talked about was just specifically mm -hmm. on the Blackhawk. And, um, you know, the Army's 
been good to me over the past 15 years and allowing me access to all these different subjects. And that's my, you know, specialty, if you will, is uh, American modern subjects. And um, so it all started with um, uh, the invasion of Iraq in 2003 and getting to know some some of the vets from that time. And and so in any event, uh, that last book on the Blackhawks sort of blossomed into something where I wanted to cover the whole uh, combat aviation brigade for the scale modeler. And um, you know, the book came out pretty good on just the Blackhawks. So in talking with the publisher, we agreed, well, it would be good to cover you know, all the other airframes, the Chinook, the Apache. Of course, the Apache um, has a lot of interest because it's an attack helicopter. And um, and so there's been some good books on, especially the Apache over the years. So I didn't want to try and reinvent uh, the wheel in that regard. So I figured a good book would cover all the airframes, um, all the aircraft types and not just one. And, you know, for instance, I don't think a Chinook book all by itself would do that well. Um, so anyway, that came uh, that's where we came up with the idea that, you know, let's do the whole combat aviation brigade, which today covers uh, the Chinook, the Apache and the Blackhawk and now UAVs, too. Um, that's how they all work together mm-hmm. to accomplish whatever the mission may be. And um, I decided that I'd like to give a nod to the OH-58, which is no longer in the inventory. But so then I, so in that way, I reached back to when the combat aviation brigade, the cab is what it's called for short. So when the cab actually germinated as an army uh, thing, if you will, um, and that was right after 2003, so the book starts with that, and I and I give a nod to the OH-58 because it's that's the scout helicopter um, that worked in conjunction a lot with yeah, the they- Apaches. But you know, as uh, as the insurgency started, um, actually the uh, the 58 worked by itself. Those guys, those pilots, they were they were something special because uh, they would operate literally feet off the ground you know tens of feet off the ground so they're flying at wire telephone wire levels right and some really dangerous stuff and of course then they're in weapons range of the enemy um so i didn't want to leave them out of the book even though again as we sit here today the 58's not in there anymore as part of the uh inventory so i start the the book off with that and then I get into the Blackhawk. So um, to try and differentiate myself from other types of books, you know, I, I try to accomplish two things here. Um, show what the modeler really wants, right? You know, those details. So the walk around kind of photos, uh, what's it look like inside to give the detail we don't normally see. Um, but also... Um, what I call, especially for the vehicle, you know, the in the field kind of look. So uh, people that really don't study or see close-ups of helicopters, 
you know, I guess you could say combat jets too. Um, you know, there's a lot of weathering on the airframes. I mean, a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, with the close-up photos that I have, you know, that in the field kind of coverage that I try to get, you know, uh, reviews that kind of look as well. So you got your detail walk around and then again in the field. So it's those two combinations for each aircraft type. And um, um, so not just sitting at uh, on the tarmac or uh, in the hangar, uh, nice and new and whatever looking, you know, what, what it's and, and how does the how does the crew work with the aircraft when they're on an operation? So, no, I'm not covering deployments, you know, overseas. Uh, so what I'm covering when I talk about an operation is a training mission uh, of some sort. And I live in New Jersey. So most of the coverage that I have nowadays is on the East Coast. And uh, but I did live out in Oregon for a while. So I got to go to the NTC Back in the day when I did a book on the NTC, that's the National Training Center at Fort Irwin. Um, you know, so that's all that desert training that that units uh, go on before they deploy anywhere, whether it's overseas or just um, some uh, more serious training mission. Uh, when I say overseas, I mean on a combat deployment, you know, if they went to Iraq or Afghanistan or something, but... Um, even when they now they go on what's called certain strike, uh, those are these deployments in uh, Central Europe uh, to um, you know show the flag as it were and show Putin we mean business. So those are some serious deployments too, even though they're not combat deployments. So at the NTC they have to go there first to be certified that that brigade is able to do their jobs. And so that's pretty intense training there. So uh, back in the day, I got to cover that. So there's actually some coverage, you know, all these years later, 10, 15 years later, uh, my my photos that I took back in the day of the aughts uh, that some people call the early 2000s, um, I got I got to I got yeah. to show those off in this current book. So that's what the book covers, mostly from 2003 to today. I think the last photo I might have took was about uh, four months ago. That's what's great about current digital, you know, publishing technology. I my publisher could be working, literally working on the book, putting it together, and I could email him a few photos that say, "Hey, I want to put these in the book," and um, you know yeah. that kind of stuff that has mm-hmm. happened with my books. Um, over the past few years, so that's that's kind of neat too. And then that's great. And it's it's really invaluable getting these pictures in the field because you know a lot of us go to air shows or certainly a museum, which may may, may say it, it in the museum or something. It's as it was pulled off of the deployment, and sometimes that's true. Sometimes that's not. yeah. The museum uh, uh, pieces I'm always wary of because where they come from what parts were, you know, stolen off of another vehicle type and it's just there for the look, but it's not, you know, correct for that, that variant. Um, So that's pretty common issue uh, for a museum uh, display. And um, um, so I try to avoid uh, trusting uh, those uh, kind of examples too much. Yeah. And getting to see what the, uh, what the crew is actually doing with it, how they 
how they modify, how the, the personal stuff they add in. And then that stuff gets around. That becomes kind of standard operating stuff. It's all removed when it, I guess, moves on to the next crew or whatever. But I don't know. Maybe not. And you, even when you were showing before how battered up the, the seats and such are. Yeah, what did those guys do to, to make it actually livable? Yeah, when they're in the field, whether it's a vehicle or an aircraft, you know, what kind of stuff is hanging off the frame in, well, you know, for aircraft, you know, inside, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so what do they bring with them? Like the snivel gear that they have, right? Uh, that it's called. So, you know, <laughs> the unofficial stuff like, right. like um, you know, Doritos and, um, you know, all these things <laughs> that are not issued to these guys, right? But they're still, you know, so all those uh, energy drinks. Oh, my God, these guys live off of energy drinks. And it, the funny thing is, when I go to take my pictures, uh, the guys are running all over the place trying to clean up that kind of stuff. And I'm there, <laughs> no, 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 that's what I want in there. But, of course, yep. the commanders, they're, they're serious about, no, you're not taking a picture with, um, you know, uh, that kind of, you know, uh, energy drink in there. Or one time I, I opened a cabin door of a Blackhawk and there was a Burger King bag in there. And they said, you are not <laughs> taking that picture. <laughs> or at least you are not going to use that picture in your book. <laughs> they were just annoying because they dropped into the parking lot. Yeah, of the so, King so you know, to, so to the army, it's so unprofessional looking, but to yeah. us, right. It's yep. the real thing. It's the way they live. Uh, as as a total digression, I was actually surprised uh, walking through the hangar one day with the 10th Mountain, and I see a German Shepherd in there, and some guy's pet dog is there. They allow them at certain times to bring their dogs with them, and it's a awesome. it's a thing for morale boosting, right? And sure, it's yeah. kind of cool, you know. Yeah. You don't let that happen at my job too much. <laughs> one of the, one of the things I I like too is again you know your website is is fabulous trackpadpublishing.com that gives all the information it gives some excellent previews of the books yeah some pages and I'm just looking yeah I'm just looking through this one and it's really cool to see some of the support gear you know the mobile control tower yeah actually I'm glad you brought that up I guess that would be number three of what I try to do at least in these two aircraft books that I did. Um, to show the support equipment and the uniforms, the gear the guys wear, or, well, and, and the women too. Don't forget about mm-hmm. them. And in fact, I made a, a on this book uh, a special effort because to show the female uh, crew because they do look different, right? Um, uh-huh. it's, it's just a physical thing. Um, so, and more and more, the different manufacturers are starting to offer female figures too. So, um, yeah, yeah, you know, try to show uh, all this support equipment because it is sold, right? You know, even the main manufacturers sell this stuff. Um, So um, that's where I try to uh, also have a a differentiation with uh, my books versus other books like this. And, of course, I mentioned this in the last time we chatted. You can go online and find a lot of the kind of photos that I have in the book, but frankly, not all of them, you know, the, the kind of close-ups no. that I have in the, especially the interiors, but you don't get the context. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. why I still think books are, are a good value because the, whoever the author is, is going to give you that context. So for this book, you know, I wanted to sh- show the reader 
advise the reader how the cab works. What's the mission? Uh, well, there are different mission types, not just one mission. And then how a cab could be uh, organized because of the mission types. And then also then how the aircraft types work together, especially again, as I mentioned a little earlier about the UAVs, that's the newest thing, right? And of course, we've all seen it in action now in the, in Ukraine, but um, you know, I did this book, uh, completed it too before that war started, and um, but of course, you know, the army, U.S. Army, has been ahead of that curve on UAVs. Mm-hmm. Yep, they've been using uh, UAVs for for twenty years now, if not more. But of course, it's uh, been enhanced over the years. So, not as if the army was in love with talking to me about that part of the mission because some of it's classified for lack of a better term. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, when I went and took pictures of, of one of the larger UAVs, uh, the gray Eagles, um, they, when I came in the hangar area, everything got closed up. I was allowed to take photos, but I had a, uh, there had to be a pause first. So the, yes. the, the main the maintenance guys had to close up sort of the classified sort of things. So, um, hmm. you know, they weren't going to let me take pictures of the guts of uh, well, a gray sure. eagle. Like like I could take a picture of the guts of a Blackhawk or even mm-hmm. uh, an Apache. But anyway, that's um, an example of, you know, the latest thing going on in the cab. And I wanted to make sure I captured that too. Um, so... Not that that chapter is huge by any means. You know, there's, first of all, there's not a lot to offer in the modeling world on it. And, you know, second and more importantly, it's such a new concept. Um, you know, there's, there's still uh, uh, not much to talk about in that arena, but it was important to at least mention it. Uh, very similar, like the 58. You know, I wanted to at least mention it, um, even though it's yeah. not used anymore. Um, so it was you know, I, I try to use all my photos in these books and just supplement a little bit the books with other people's photos. But, you know, reaching back to 2003, I wasn't doing this and I wasn't in Iraq either. So, um, you know, I had to rely on the Army for, for some of those photos. But, of course, using photos that have never been published or seen before. So um, you know, I think I accomplished that in, in this book and the Blackhawk book, too. That's, that's great. I look forward to that. That that's um, I've always been a fan of the the helicopters. There's been so many of them, but like the 58, the Kiowa was used for such a long period. Um, and there's some good models of it too. You know, yeah. uh, I guess it's uh, Ravel that has the best one, but the Blackhawk. You know, depending on the scale you're looking for, I, I tend to do 35th scale. Um, you know, uh, that's a struggle sometimes, but 48 scale, mm-hmm. there's plenty out there, right? And, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So well, I don't do 72nd scale, but that's so tiny. <laughs> but it's there. <laughs> it's there, right? Um, but 48th, now you can start getting more of that detail that's covered in the book, especially in 35th scale. Now, Kitty Hawk, they were doing the best Blackhawk book, uh, Blackhawk kits in 35th scale, but. They recently went out of business, but I'm told um, and I'm hearing through the grapevine that someone in China has picked up the mold. So, yeah, those yeah. kids don't go away. They're going to be repopped. Yeah, no, and, yeah. Well, more those importantly, not only are they going to be repopped, but 
new variants, new versions yeah. will come out, which is um, I'm hopeful of. You know, just to stick on the Blackhawk for the moment, um, the Mike version is the newest version of the Blackhawk, and that's been around since uh, 2007, I think, uh, maybe a little earlier. Uh, but um, so plenty of water's gone under the bridge there, but yet there are very few mic mm. models available in scale and none in 35th scale. So, you know, I'm hopeful that, you know, someone does that. And then you got the Apache, of course, same thing. It's uh, now we're in the Echoes, uh, the Evert variants of the Apaches, and there are no uh, Echoes out there except for an impossible to get uh, Segawa. How do you say them? Uh, they got a 48th scale kit that you can't find, <laughs> but it is an echo. Hmm. Okay. So I guess um, we always ask what's on your benches, <laughs> Josh, what have you got? You're rigging something up right now. Yeah. So as I mentioned before, I'm working on a uh, 150 black pearl. It's a three masted square rigger. And, uh, tried to modify to give it an authentic rig uh using the plants from the royal caroline uh Uh, and i'm so it's uh it's going to be uh presented with uh topsails jibs and spanker and uh did full sets of ropes for everything so each sail has eight sets of ropes wow to to control the sail (laughs) and then uh on the other side of the camp it's the i have a 1350 tamiya IJN Megami uh, after the modification to becoming a heavy cruiser aircraft carrier, which I thought was really interesting. I, I yeah. like when they take these you know ships and then all of a sudden, well, oh, we got to make an aircraft carrier out of it and throw some planes on it. I yeah. think that's kind of neat. Some of the modifications they made back then. So I'm I'm working through that with the full uh, photo etch kit for that. Those are nice. I'm always tempted. <laughs> never seem to do it i have too many things going on already how about you bob well my specialty is modern armor and um you know for the past 20 years i've been sort of concentrating on u.s armor but with the ukraine war um and i, I actually played ball with um a ukraine national um i've been inspired to do something there so i've actually completed two uh, Russian tanks, or Russian AFVs, I should say, um, both trumpeter kits. And they're, they're like, uh, but, uh, they're captured by the Ukrainians or abandoned by the Russians, that sort of thing. And uh, gives me an opportunity to show off some other skills, like what to do with wet and dry mud and dust and that sort of stuff. And uh, in the one case of the T-80 tank, I did, um, I did that in the snow and the mud. Um, mm. And then um, I did a self-propelled gun that I just finished a few days ago. That'll be, uh, ca- it's captured with Ukrainian graffiti on it. And that'll be in the, <laughs> that'll be in the mud too. But the kind of stuff that I do is usually based on photos as an inspiration or something. And they tend to be real vehicles and not just some generic vehicle. So those both of those uh, projects I just described were based on photos that I have of the real things, and now I'm going to probably start a BMP three, um, 
I saw a lot of pictures of BMP3s when they came in from the north to try to take the capital, abandoned and knocked out, and um, all of the civilian stuff that they stole um, oh, just yeah. abandoned everywhere. So I've got aftermarket stuff of TVs and uh, other electronics and, and chairs and and, and I'm going to show this BMP just all opened up with the stuff falling out of it. <laughs> the, loot, the looted stuff that they left behind. There's a lot and, out there and, now. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I, I want to show that because, again, with the other two projects, you know, the, the abandoned tank, you know, the, the, that's what the Russians did. They ran out of gas. They were so disorganized. They just left their tanks in long columns. And so I wanted mm-hmm. to show that. And, and, and the SP gun is similar to that, too. Uh, but this one, I wanted to show how they looted, um, uh, you know, civilian stuff and, and, and didn't care what it was. I mean, I've seen pictures of toilets um, yeah. that they took. It's just it's, it's unbelievable. But well, those Ukrainian toilets are better than the Russian <laughs> apparently. Yeah. apparently. So um, that's, that's what I'm doing these days. And then um, come the new year. Uh, my plan is now that'll be the 20th anniversary uh, in, in 2023 of the invasion of Iraq. And I'll be mm-hmm. doing some uh, talks with the army on a couple of one or two different panels with the reunions that they'll do. And then I'm slated to go to the AMPS uh, convention in the Harrisburg area for 2023. So I'm going to do a seminar there on OIF. And I'm going to tie, you know, modeling into the history. So show, um, uh, you know, what units had, what kind of different details in the 3rd Infantry Division, for instance. Um, And um, uh, so come January, I'm also probably going to be doing an Abrams for a family that uh, their um, uh, brother slash son was KIA in the war. Um, I've gotten over these 15, 20 years that have passed since then, I've met so many vets and family members from these units, especially with the army, but the Marines too. So I constantly get requests to do these commission builds like that. And it's hard to say no, it really is. So that's what I got coming up. All right. Okay. I'm, Go just ahead, glad, I'm just glad, uh, Bob, that your Ukrainian uh, subjects uh, don't have any tractors in them. That's the only. <laughs> well, <laughs> everybody keeps telling me I got to do that, and I figured by the time the convention comes up next year for the Armor Society amps, there'll be several people with tractors. Right. The other. One, oh, I'm sure. The other one that ties into that, and I still might do it, is. Um, People, uh, if, if, if you look at the real photos, people have been spray painting Wolverines on the side of Russian yes. vehicles. Yeah. So I yeah. might very well do that to the captured SP gun that awesome. uh, I just put awesome. it on one side. Um, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I got to do a nod to, to that movie, yeah, right? Definitely. Uh, so. yeah. Well, both of you, you'll have to send us photos of your work in progress. And we look forward to hearing uh, 
you know, where things are happening. We're going to send, put links up for both uh, the show and the book. Uh, Josh, we look forward to, you'll have to send us some pictures once the show happens. Um, this will be, we're recording this on the 25th. The episode gets released next weekend. So that'll still give people plenty of time to uh, show up at the show. And like I said, we'll put the uh, URL up and uh, yeah. All right. Great. All right. Thanks for having us. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. Thanks for showing. And we're back. Um, yeah. Two great interviews. We're definitely going to have to try and get them together again. Uh, it was interesting post, of course, after we turned off the recording, uh, Robert started asking some questions to Joshua about naval stuff. It was really neat hearing the interaction. So we're going to yeah, have that conversation on. should have been recorded. I wish we'd kept the, uh, the tape going. Yeah, that was amazing. I know. But we, we are going to do that. Um, it was quite interesting. Now, one of the things I didn't realize is was the Eurocopter, the, what is it, the UH-72. It's actually based on the Eurocopter. It's in U.S. service. I never knew that. It's been out for a while back there. So always interesting. You always learn, learn new things from those guys. So pretty cool. Okay, what's on the bench? I haven't filled it out yet. But uh, on my bench, the... YF-22 is almost done. I'm right at that point where I got to be careful. It's going to piss me off. Jeff, I do understand about trying to get things fully finished. I'm at yeah. the point where, where I've got the uh, decals on. I've put another gloss coat, doing a little bit of washes and pin washes for weathering. Um, but while I'm doing that, I keep knocking off because this, this Valkyrie or this YF-23 has a lot of little parts that stick out. And I keep breaking the damn things off. <laughs> Yeah, that, I did that to mine. Oh, the other night I the other night I was I started I ended up breaking off a landing gear door, a top fin and a lower fin. I went, nope, I'm not doing anything else tonight. I was just being ham fisted. But no, it's coming along. I can see the end of the end of the road for it. Um, also done a little, just a little bit more on the Arma Hobbies 170 second scale Hurricane. Uh, great little kit. And then I've got to start, I think I am going to work on the Macross robot, uh, the one based off the Warhammer. Um, oh, yeah, I yeah. I, so, yeah, I, I just got to do an unboxing video for it, and then I'll I'll start work on that. Which, was that the Wave kit, or was that the older uh, kit, the IMI? Or... Might have been the older one. Uh, I'll double check where you're, where you're telling people what you're building, Terry. Yeah. Uh, well, not a whole lot of building. Um, summertime slows down a lot. I uh, did get to do some uh, panel line washing on those Gamelon ships, so that's nice to do. Get a little progress on them. Um, I was out doing two bug guide um, bio blitzes this week, looking for insects at a couple places, and uh, that was pretty good. So stay tuned for pictures of those. Awesome, good stuff. Have you found? Did you find that uh, insect populations are diminishing in any way? It was a weird spring, so it, things are a little bit different. Uh, the ones, the group that's in the worst shape really are the Lepidoptera, the um, butterflies and moths. Yeah, butterflies. That's so you, well, I haven't seen too many monarchs around here. Normally, we are right on the migration route, and we're coming, getting close well, to it. They so, were saying yeah. they were back. They were back, but yeah, not nearly the numbers. It's super regional, and it's it's yeah. sad here that we see more monarchs than pretty much any other butterfly, and those monarchs are now endangered species worldwide so yeah right um right. Something. so it's the destroyed tomahawk and it is the ari the one. ari kit yeah yeah have fun with it just have yeah, fun. well i got it i got it from anthony and that's exactly it i love these yep. old ones i always wanted them and anthony knew and you know what it looks fairly good moldings and 
Yeah, I've taken pictures. I'm going to have fun, fun with it. I haven't decided on a, on a scheme yet. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to have a lot of fun. That's one of my fav, favorite mechs. Yes. So always, always <clears throat> good. Okay, Jeff. Well, I, I have um, the last two weeks, a lot of my time was taken up doing renovations at my daughter's house. <laughs> you are a machine. You are just, no. you know, you're way too nice. I'm getting to be quite a... Well, actually, my wife and I had that conversation. Are we stupid? Like, what are we doing? But um, uh, in retro, I mean, frankly, they have two kids under under four, and it's a, you can't get any noisy work done yeah. with the kids at home in the summer. And so in order to get any of this done... And, and my son-in-law's parents are coming over from Scotland in five weeks, and they're Excellent. staying with them. So that basically, we have to make it so that there's a place for them to stay so that's what that's what i've been working on but well and the and the important thing is that they're coming from scotland which means they can get oh, yeah. several bottles of something for the building people there's no doubt that alan uh, it, there, there is a requirement that alan brings a bottle or two of yes of some, two some mm. good stuff that we can't get here excellent that. but i have been working on this corsair the uh, the the trumpeter 130 second scale f4b f4u 4b which is the cannon armed variant uh that was started by a, a deceased member of our club and i'm trying to finish it sort of not a tribute because i'm not in a, i'm not capable of doing that but i just feel that he did such a good job at the start of it i'd like to at least finish it for him so to speak and so i've been working on the engine which is the pratt and whitney r2800 double wasp and um uh the kit version is not right. Something's wrong with it. It, it, it. The 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 cylinder banks are too far apart. Uh, the resin kit, resin engine that that he had started, uh, it is right, but it, frankly, given how much of this is going to be covered by the cowling, I'm just going to go with the kit version because it actually is engineered to fit in that space better. So mm -hmm. that's what I've been working on, and I've, I've uh, gone through the deeply pleasurable task of. Um, using CA to wire in the wiring harness for the visible bank of cylinders. And it's making me crazy because every, every couple of days I knock off a piece that I put on two days before. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> that explains the language I heard from the Southwest. I thought it was thunder. Oh, so frustrating. It's so frustrating. But anyway, yep. I've got, I've got everything on and painted and one piece just came off. So I'm just going to, have to glue that take back a break, on again. Take a break. Take a break. Take a break. Exactly. And then I'm terrified because here's where I'm at with the plane. And I'll just show it to the, our listeners can't see it, but basically it's all glued together. The cowling is just sitting there. Yep, looks um, good. And I'm at the stage where I'm about to start priming it, and and I'm a little bit nervous because I'll take a I picture. You know when you get to a stage, I, I love it in a project where I have a lot of resources, I love a lot of pictures, a lot of images, and I can visualize the finish I want on it. Like how mm. weathered is it going to be? You know, is it going to be, is it going to be pristine? Is it going to be dirty? Is it going to be whatever? I don't have that with this one because I don't have a lot of references. So I went on uh, Facebook's Corsair group and asked, uh, and I just noticed while we were talking tonight, some guy has sent me a bunch of pictures. So I'm hoping that, hoping that they're helpful because I really want to get this, this cannon armed one was a Korean war era, mm -hmm. era machine. And I don't have a lot of good shots of it. There's tons of the World War II Corsairs, but not a ton of the cannon-armed ones in in Korea. So at least not that I've found so far. So that's where I'm at now. I'm getting ready to do the first primer coat. 
give it a good clean over, and then start uh, figuring out how to do the finish coat. And I don't know. We'll see. Well, I've never done yeah. a dark. I've never done a dark finish. So the pre panel pre panel stuff. I'm not sure how well that works with it. That kind of thing. Pre-shading. Yeah, I think pretty much all of it is post shading for when it's a dark scheme like yeah. that. That's yeah, what I'm thinking. Too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, anyway. you know, it, it'll be good. It'll look good. Send photos. I think it's going to look look awesome. And, you know, you were saying about you, you joined a Facebook Corsair group. This is one thing I love about our hobby. You know, a lot of people say a lot of bad things about social media, but there is some highlights where there's forums, there's Facebook groups where 99.9% of the time people are quite open to helping yeah. other modelers. And I think mm-hmm. it's awesome. Yeah. And I think if you're just nice about it, it I mean, I have seen instances where in some groups where some people are just not particularly kind, mm-hmm. uh, but it's rare. It's super, it, it's super rare. And, and by and large, I've found it to be a pretty useful tool. Again, I don't, I don't, I don't go to political sites. I don't deal with stuff that's wacky. I don't get involved with celebrity stuff, but uh, for modeling, it's a great resource. Yep, exactly. I think it's, yeah, it's just perfect for stuff like that. So, no, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I know you've, uh, I remember, uh, you, you know, you picked up that kit and it's, it's been an interesting journey. And I think, I think, you're gonna, for a while. yeah, I know you're going to knock it out of the park. It's fine. So you're, you're going to be fine. All right. Uh, moving on, we're going to talk a little bit about Sean's custom hobby tools. So here we go. Now we're going to talk a bit about Sean's Custom Model Tools, one of our other sponsors of the Scale Model Podcast. Some very cool things, both 3D printed and the Goodman Super Sanding Blocks. Let's start with the Microset and Microsole Decal Set Bottle Stand. This is uh, purposely designed for the Microscale Set and Sole. Uh, most modelers over the years, they've tipped these bottles over. So uh, this is a very handy thing. At fourteen ninety-five, you can uh, put them both together. They're printed in blue and red for easy identification. Comes with a black base, and they actually have little magnets on it, so it helps keeps them in place. Definitely a good deal. I use mine all the time, and I can well recommend them. Let's talk a bit about those Goodman Model Super Sanding Blocks, namely the Value Pack Combo for twenty-eight ninety-nine. You get the 80 grit, 180 grit, 220, 320, 400, and 600. Uh, just an amazing set. Uh, just what you need. And you can also, uh, if you want, you can also get a, a sanding, super sanding block stand for it, which also uh, really makes life a little bit easier, helps, helps things keep it organized. The other thing, too, is they have, they have the awesome model tape dispenser for uh, your various tapes it's basically a 3d printed thing you put spools of your tapes it's got a little razor blade to help uh, cut it and it's a really really good design Uh, so yeah works out really well and yours for $19.95 so check out these and other amazing deals at seanscustommodeltools.com and uh, also on facebook and tell them that the scale model podcast sent you all right, always goodies, goodies from there. Um, things we've seen. I, this isn't strictly modeling related, but it might be interesting for those who like into miniatures and that. I get a newsletter of some interesting stuff, and someone pointed out this one, and I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the gentleman's name. Oh, but no he, kidding. 
Yeah, he does an interesting explainer of different things. But what's cool about this is he does full illustrations, which you can interact with. So the latest one he posted was back in May. It was, a f you know, fully explaining a mechanical watch. You know, the ones without quartz, the original, you know, things. And I, I don't know about some, some of you guys, but I do enjoy watching sometimes when you have the, the watchmakers, they take these things apart. Mm -hmm. you know, and they put them back together. And it's always interesting to see. And you're always kind of saying, well, how come there's four separate gears for this or something for this? And these, this, he manages to explain in an HTML page. Now, again, it's a long read, but it is absolutely fab fascinating. And he goes yeah. through every detail, easily explains like what the escape thing does, the ratchet wheel. And again, the, the illustrations he does, they're all animated. You can move them around with your mouse. So rotate them in place. It's remarkable. Yeah, I know. And they shows like how how some of the things work. Um, and he's done a lot of other stuff too. Um, so, you know, it's it's actually quite fascinating. It's one of those things I always say the internet was designed for. A good yeah. way of explaining it. And he's got a lot of stuff in his archives. So he's got like naval architecture, the internal combustion engine, camera and lenses, gears tesseracts like all sorts of different things of like completely random in some cases um you know if you're a math geek the exposing floating point article will will be right up your wheelhouse it puts me to sleep because i'm not a math geek um but yeah i just i i found this and i thought it found it fast particularly the one on the watch uh because yeah i just found that really really cool so yeah i'm gonna go with bartosh bartosh chen Sichanowski, Sichanowski. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, okay. Anyway, Yamoto, yeah, yeah. See, Yamoto Yamato. Much easier. Yamamoto, yeah, Yamamoto, Yamato. But uh, no, this is pretty cool. There's a show on a BBC show called The Repair Shop. I don't know if you've ever. Seen yes, it. I'm a big fan of it. It's uh, so much fun because it's a it's a little sort of thatched cottage shop that most guys who like shops and tools and things would fall in love with instantly in the middle yep. of the British countryside and people bring their cherished objects from another to era yeah. to be it's actually It's actually 30 minutes from where my grandfather lived, my parents lived for a while. It's an old historical museum. It's kind of like Fanshawe Pioneer Village where they yeah. move old historic buildings yep. and uh, it's just, just north of Goodwood. Well, if anybody, any of our listeners are interested in, it's the kind of thing that if you're a modeler, I think you'd really get a kick out of it. Yep. Bit, some of the things are not stuff that deal with like modeling, but it's all about um, traditional techniques to repair old things. And it's old yep. things from clocks to, uh, to uh, early gramophones to teddy bears from 1900 mm -hmm. to, you know, like leather seats sure. on an old original bicycle. I mean, it's just, it's a really neat kind of a show, and it's I, I would recommend it. But it, this reminded me of that watching yeah, this because there's, exactly. there's one fellow, one fellow on it who really who does repair watches and clocks. And Steve, yeah, he's he's the third generation. His uh, son has now joined his trade. So yeah, and there's the always there's always a scene where he says, "Well, the first thing we're about to do is clean everything." So he takes the whole damn thing apart. All the gears are in this cleaning I know. solution. I know. I don't, and he doesn't take any pictures. He doesn't anything. And then he puts it back together. And well, and this is what, yeah, this oh. is what I found interesting about the one with the watch, the site, because I always thought, well, do they take pictures? But once you read through the article, you understand a lot of it makes sense. Like once you know how it 
goes together. It's like a car mm-hmm. engine, I guess, right? There's only it's one kind way of, to put it back together. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of intuitive because yeah. that was my oldest thing when I watched these guys taking these apart. Like, how do they know what's going to go where? And yeah. uh, there is a logic to it. Like I said, I, I spent about an hour Sunday morning going going through this one article. It was quite, like I said, quite fascinating. Uh, really, go. really cool. So there you go. Okay. Two recommendations. That's All right. not a bad way to end the show. Yeah, it is. It is a good good use All of right. your time. So, as always, SMP, we also are sponsored by our good friends, Brett and Harry Abbott, Turn to Kit Form. Uh, check out their web store, all sorts of goodies, Macross related, like YF19 I'm working from is from their store. They also do a lot of mask sets for that. I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm almost at the point I can take off the mask, the canopy mask, and I know it will just look absolutely awesome. Uh, makes life a lot easier. Masking sets are cool, as we yes. said, for things like stukas and anything with a greenhouse canopy in general. So as always, uh, leave us a positive review. If you do enjoy what we're doing, we really appreciate it. We also have our Patreon site, uh, patreon.com forward slash scale model podcast. It does help us pay for the various hosting expenses and stuff like that to bring the show to you. And as always, we have our Facebook, our YouTubes, and of course, our very own website where you find exciting pictures, not only of models, but our various pets and, and other things, except for Jeff, because he doesn't have a pet, apparently. Unless no, I don't. Unless, well, you have the wild squirrels and raccoons and, you know. Oh, I was, I was, and the deer, I was going to ask, speaking of uh, wild things in the trees, is your drone still there? It's still freaking in the tree. We had almost a tornado come through here and the damn drone is still stuck up in the tree. Yeah, actually, I don't know if I don't know if we mentioned that in the last one. If it was our, I think it was our live build night. It was our club night. We talked about that. But yeah. you wanted you want to just briefly describe you were flying your drone and ended up in a tree. Yeah, well, my grand, my, my two of my granddaughters from Nova Scotia were staying with us, and uh, and I, she wanted to see how the drone worked. So I had her outside, and we, I was telling, showing her how everything worked, and she was a very much um, uh, likes to talk a lot, and she said she was very engaged in it. And I lost concentration and I, I kind of lost situational awareness. And this drone was up 45 feet. We live in a forest. I was trying to aim it so that it goes through the gap between the trees, which is what I usually do to get up above the house. And, uh, and I got, I, I must have hit, a, must have spun it just enough so that when I pushed the forward button, it went the wrong direction and flew right into the tree, right into oh, a big, you know, leaves, make, uh, oak leaves, the, the, the props, just screwed in and hooked in there and it's stuck there forever and and so for about two days it just sat up there with this, this plaintive little red, red light beeping at me yeah <laughs> but yeah, uh, now the battery's dead pull. yeah so a very long pull i know uh, i call I could, it's 45 feet Stuart. i don't have that much strength in my arms to lift That's a long pull. right and well, uh, you must know someone i called an arborist have a friend yeah. with another drone and that's a thought i have i have got three <laughs> options i had four i called the arborist the price that they wanted was going to be i might as well buy a new drone so that's fine that's off the list so the first first choice was going to be arborists have these little uh, little bags of, of lead shot attached to uh-huh. a thin nylon rope that they spin around and fire up to the tops of the trees to get it and then it feed, they feed a bigger rope and a bigger yep. rope until they come yep. up sure I was going to get one of those uh, one of those bags and just try and see if I could get up around the, the leaves and just shake it. 
Uh, that's just, that's that's item number one. Item number two, I was going to get a big old surgical rubber slingshot type thing and see what I could fire some some ropes up to, to get it that way. And item number three, some neighbors do a lot of skeet shooting with shotguns. I thought shotguns would not be a bad idea either. <laughs> Can I also suggest a bow and arrow with similar idea with just attach some line to shoot it over? Ah, you know, I have thought of that. That was uh, it does that one is it's very appealing. So I'm at the stage now where it's gone through two storms, rain. It's probably dead. Like it's probably unre, you know, unsalvageable. Um, so anything entertaining is worthy, worth it to me. And I now I'm just waiting for about another week. And once things settle down, then I'm going to order a new one. And so are we. We're waiting to see what you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I can't believe you're going to blame your granddaughter. I'm not blaming her. It's just that. We were, we were chatting, and it's my fault. I lost situational awareness. And with drone flying, you actually really have to concentrate on yeah. where you are. Yeah, you do. You do. No, it's a very it's it's a very good point. Um, definitely. Anyway, I do have a picture that I took with my big my big lens on my camera. All right. Uh, so I'll well, send it to us. And I'll send it to you so you can stick it on the on the notes. All right. That'll be okay. good. Um, I also wanted to point out we had our because uh, we've been talking a little bit about Zoom meetings and how to do the hybrid model. We had our IPMS London meeting last week, um, and I'd actually purchased during the Amazon Prime sale a nice little Bluetooth wireless uh, lav mic, and it's a little bit bigger than your small. It looks like a you know maybe the size of a chapstick uh, thing. And uh, it worked fairly well since Jeff was at home and uh, we were handing it around. And then I put it in the center of the room and it actually worked very well, didn't it, Jeff? It did. It worked really well. I was impressed. And um, uh, it's it's night and day better than the mic we were using before. So the one at the far end. So, yeah, we're going to continue to use that. So. All right. So as we as we the sun sets here. Episode 99, as always, my name is Stuart Clark. I'm Jeff Hyland. I'm Terry Measley reminding you to keep the microphone running. Just look at that. <laughs> How about that for Ablood? Less than a minute ago, I said that. Well <laughs> done, Terry. Thanks. The key is you lie to your guests, say you stop. That's right. But keep recording. <laughs> keep recording. All you right, signed the thank- paper. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> thank you and be well. <laughs>